We are on the bottom of Yevamos Lamed Ches Omer Aleph, 38A3 in the Art Scroll Gemara. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah had two different cases. The Mishnah said at first that in a situation where there's a Shomeris Yavam, a sister-in-law who is waiting to do Yibam or Chalitza, so then the law is that everybody agrees uh, that if there is Nechsei Melug, uh, which is essentially property which uh, she receives, let's say, through Yerusha, through inheritance from her father, if she receives property. Uh, so then, if she were to be married, she's not married right now, but if she were to be married, uh, so then uh, it's considered Nechsei Melug, and she owns the actual property, but her husband is allowed to use it. The husband is not allowed to sell it, but the husband would be allowed to use that uh, property or that item. Uh, however, the Mishnah said that in this case where it's a Shomer Shavam, where she's waiting to do Yibam, so then she is allowed to use it completely. She, she uses it, she's allowed to sell it, it doesn't belong at all to the Yavam, to the brother-in-law. And that's with regards to the Nechsei Melug, to the Nechsei Melug. However, in the next case of the Mishnah, the next case of the Mishnah says, what happens if she passed away? If she passed away and we have Nechsei Melug, again, let's say it's a case of where uh, there's Nechsei Melug, where in a regular case of a marriage, the husband would be allowed to use it and she owns it. And so she has that, let's say, from, the, from her first marriage. So then who gets that property or that item from the first marriage? Uh, so that is a dispute. We do not say that it belongs uh, to... Uh, to the wife, to the sister-in-law, and therefore, once she passes away, it belongs to her family, let's say her father. We do not say that. Rather, there's a dispute. Beishamai says that we split it. For some reason, we split it between her father, her family, and the Yavam, and uh, the brother-in-law. They split it. That's the opinion of Beishamai. Uh, but Beishillel, Beishillel is of the opinion that with regards to the Nechzimelog, it does go to her family. But Beishamai is of the opinion that we really, that we split it. And so the Gemara is going to ask, uh, and this will be really the main part, uh, the main question of of the Gemara for the rest of this daf, for the rest of this page, uh, the Gemara will ask, what's the difference between the first case and the second case? It says, I don't understand. What's the difference whether or not she's alive? In the first case, we say that it's completely hers. She's allowed to sell it. She's, she's the only one that can use it. It's completely hers. Uh, with regards to the next same that which she receives from uh, her father's estate as inheritance. Uh, but in the second case, we say that with regards to the Nechsei Melug, according to Beishamai, at least according to the house of Shammai, that they would have to split it. That she's, that uh, the, if she were to pass away, so then the Yavam, the brother-in-law, gets half, and her family gets half. What, why would we differentiate between the first case and the second case? So the Gemara will present uh, a few answers. Uh, hopefully we'll see two answers in this recording. One answer, there'll be a question on that answer, and then we'll see a second answer. So the Gemara asks, What's the difference between the first case, where we say everybody's in agreement that it's completely hers, as opposed to the second case, Beis Hill says it's hers, and so therefore once she passes away, it goes to her family. Uh, but Beis Shammai is of the opinion that we split it, uh, that it get, it's split between the Yavam and her family. So the first answer is Amar Ula. Ula says this first answer, very interesting answer. He says, It depends. He says that it depends... Uh, with regards to what the relationship was in the first marriage. 
Meaning as follows. If, let's say, the husband and wife in the first marriage, was, they were only halakhically engaged. They're only halakhically engaged. So when the husband passes away, and now she is supposed to do Yibam Rechalitza with her husband's brother, uh, and so their relationship is, uh, is, it would be comparable to an engagement. Meaning it would be what the Gemara refers to as a Suffolk Arusa. It's a questionable type of relationship where are they really engaged, are they not engaged, or at least maybe it's some form of an engagement, but it's not viewed as a complete engagement, something like that, but it's not, it's on the level of an engagement. It's, it's less than being engaged. It's either questionable whether or not they're halakhically viewed as, as engaged even before the yibum takes place, or, uh, or at least there is some sort of relationship, but it's not equivalent to engagement. Uh, but at least it's, on, it's, it's, it's based off of the relationship of the first marriage, and that was just an engagement. However, if they were actually married, fully married from a halachic perspective in that first marriage, so then now that her husband passes away, so now the relationship that she has with her brother-in-law before doing Yibam Rechalitza is that either uh, it's a suffix nisua, it's, it's a question whether it's viewed as halachically married, uh, or perhaps what that means is that it's, uh, it's a relationship, but it's not the exact same relationship as a marriage, but at least it's within the context of a halachic marriage, not within a halachic context of an engagement. And so depending on whether the first relationship was a marriage or an engagement would impact uh, the, uh, the ruling about the nechsei malug, about what happens with the nechsei malug, with the property uh, that she really owns, but her original husband had rights to. And so the Gemara explains as follows. Because ula. If the first relationship was just a halachic engagement, so now that the husband passed away, so now it's a suffic arusa. Her relationship with her yavam is a lower level, or it's a suffic. It's a questionable form of an engagement. And zikas nesua osa suffic nesua. And if the first marriage was the first relationship was a marriage, so now that there's zika, now that they have, uh, she, she has some sort of relationship with her brother-in-law. Now that her husband passed away. So it's a suffix nesua. It's a questionable whether or not that relationship is viewed as marriage before the yibum takes place, or it's a relationship but not equivalent uh, to a marriage. And so the Gemara will explain as follows. How does that impact our law? The Gemara explains as follows. Zika sarusa is a suffix rusa. How do we know that the zika, that the relationship between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, uh, when the first marriage was just not a marriage, it was really an engagement, how do we know that that turns into a suffix arusa? a questionable engagement with regards to the Yavam. The law is as follows. Let's say, with regards to the Nechzei Melug and the Nechzei Tzombarza, with regards to all the property that she brings into the marriage, and the fact that the husband has the right either to use it uh, completely and to sell it, or just right to use it but not to sell it, all those laws, they only begin after the halachic marriage. When they are engaged, he really does not have any rights uh, to the property. And so when they are engaged, they're not our case, but a regular engagement, a halachic engagement, uh, Beishama is of the opinion that she's allowed to sell her property. She's allowed to, uh, she's allowed to sell her property. Uh, Beis Hillel, However, argues. Basil says that if she were to sell it or to give it as a gift, it would work. In the end, they would work, but she's not allowed to do it. Initially, she's not allowed to do it because they are on their way to getting married, and once they're married, so then the husband has the rights uh, to the property. So therefore, we say she ideally should not uh, make such a transaction. But if she made the transaction, that would work. 
And that's the opinion of Beis Hillel. However, in our case, what did we say? In our case, where it's a Shomeris Yavam, where she's waiting to do Yibam Rechalitza, everybody was in agreement that she's allowed to make such a transaction. She's allowed to sell her Nechzei Malog, the property that she owns. Uh, she's, she's, allowed to, uh, she's allowed to sell that. So we see that we, uh, we allow her to do more in a case of a Shomeris Yavam than in a case of where they are halachically engaged. So this shows us that it's, if the... If, if the Zika, the connection now, stems from the first relationship, which was an engagement, so now this new relationship, before Yibam takes place, this new relationship is on a lower level than actual engagement. Because by engagement, Rebbeis Hillel is of the opinion that she's not, she shouldn't sell it ideally. If she does, it works, but she shouldn't sell it. Here, Rebbeis Hillel is of the opinion that she could sell it. And the reason why she could sell it is because it's on a lower form of, uh, of an engagement. Because it stems from the first marriage, but it's on a lower level. Okay. So that's, that's what the Gemara says. And that's the explanation of the first case of the, Gemara, of the Mishnah. The first case of the Mishnah is talking about a case where uh, they, the relationship of the first marriage between the first husband and the wife was, it was not a marriage. It was an engagement. And so therefore that would impact the Zika. The case of the second case where Beishamai said it has to be split between her family and the Yavam, that's when the first relationship was really a marriage. Zika's Nesua, Osa's Nesua. Nesua. The the Zika, the connection that exists between the sister-in-law and brother-in-law after a marriage, after she's married to her first husband, the halachic marriage, that creates a suffix nisua, a questionable uh, marriage to the Yavam, or perhaps it's on a lower level uh, than a marriage, but it's not on the, on the level of, mar- on, of engagement, which was the first case of the Mishnah, but it's on the level of a marriage. And the Gemara explains as follows, in a case where they're completely married. Let's say the case is it, where they are completely, it's a regular case of marriage. So, Beishamai say in a case of regular marriage uh, that they we divide it between the wife's family and the husband's family. No. The law is that if uh, if they're married, halakhically married, and then she receives property that she owns, but the husband has the right to use. Once they're married, and the husband now has rights to the property, so now she's not allowed to sell the property. Because the husband now has rights and can use the property, she is not allowed uh, to sell the property when they are married. However, in this case, where it's a Shomeris Yavam, uh, what do we say? Uh, meaning, in the marriage case, uh, she, doesn't really, she doesn't really own it, uh, or she doesn't have the right to sell it. The husband has the rights to use it, and that impacts her ability to sell it. So now that it's Zikas Nesua, now that her husband passed away, we say that, you know, really the husband had some rights to it. He could prevent, uh, he could prevent uh, a transaction from occurring with regards to this property. Uh, but the wife also has some connection to it because the wife uh, owns it, owns, uh, owns the actual property. So in this case, Zikas Nesua, Nesua. In this case, we will say that uh, now that it's, that it's not an actual marriage, but they're waiting to do Yibam, so then it's on a little bit of an, on a lower level. Meaning, according to Beishamai, they would split it. When they're actually married, so then the husband could prevent the wife from making a sale, because the husband has the right to use it. In this case, it's a Shomeris Yavim. She's waiting to do Yibam, so she's not really married. It's a lower level. That Zika is a lower level than a marriage. And so therefore, Beishamai says, you know what? Uh, it doesn't really belong... Uh, to, to either one, they have equal uh, connection to it, and so therefore we will split it. Uh, half of it will go to the Yavam, uh, to the to the brother-in-law, and half of it will go to her family. So we'll split it. 
And Beisilu argues. Beisilu argues and he says, no, that we still leave it as a chazaka since she owns the principal, it goes to her family. But that's the dispute between Beisham and Beisilu. But that shows us the difference between the first case and the second case. So in the end of the day, the big difference, and this is very important, the big difference between the first case and the second case is that depending upon the relationship, what type of, of halachic relationship existed with regards to the first ma- the first uh, husband and, and wife, that will impact uh, the the relationship between the Shomeris Yavam, between the sister-in-law and brother-in-law before they do Yibam. I.e., if they were halakhically engaged, so now once the husband passes away, so now it's some lower form of an engagement to the brother-in-law, and if they were halakhically married, so then it's a lower form of a marriage with regards to the brother-in-law. And that's the difference between the first the, the two cases of the Mishnah. The first case was uh, where it's uh, Suffolk, Erisin. It's questionable whether or not they were halakhically engaged. The Shomeris Yavam, the sister-in-law waiting to do Yibam, but the brother-in-law is that viewed as a as a halachic engagement. It's uh, it's uh, it's questionable whether that's viewed as a halachic engagement. Uh, and as such, Beis Hillel says that uh, she has it completely. It's completely hers, and she's allowed to sell it. The second case is where it's following a marriage. Once it's following a marriage, so that's why Beis comes along and he argues and he says uh, that uh, we would split it. We would, because it's coming off a of marriage, we would split it between the Yavam and her family. The Gemara challenges this. So this is one suggestion. The Gemara challenges this, this suggestion. So Amalei Rabbah. Rabbah challenges this suggestion by saying as follows. We just said that. What's the difference between case number one and case number two? We just said the difference is that in case number one, the first relationship was a, a an engagement. The second case was a marriage. So if that's the case, so why did the mission say that the first case is where she's alive and the second case is where she passed away? Who cares? What does that have to do with her being alive or passing away? Why, why are we mentioning that? The real difference between the first case and the second case is whether or not the first marriage was a marriage or was an engagement. Uh, but it, it, it has nothing to do with whether or not she's alive. So why would they add in, in the second case that she happens to pass away? That doesn't impact the law, according to your reasoning. That it's the dis- distinction between the two cases is whether or not uh, they were married or they were engaged. So rather, Rabbi gives a different explanation. So we'll, we'll mention Rabbi's explanation now. And then in the next recording, we'll see the challenge to Rabbah's explanation. El Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says as follows. What's the, what are the, what's the difference between the first two cases? Both cases are where she falls to Yibam after her first marriage, and it was a complete marriage. It was a halachic marriage, not an engagement. It was a marriage. And now that she has this zika, some form of a relationship with her brother-in-law before she does Yibam or Chalitza, that's a Safi Nesua. It's similar to... A marriage, but it's not exactly like a marriage, or it's a questionable marriage, whether or not the relationship's like a marriage. So we say, In the first case, when she's alive, so when she's alive, so then with regards to the Nechse Melug, which is the property that she owns, so she owns the principal. She owns the property. Happens to be, if she were married, the husband has rights to it, but in the end of the day, she owns it, so she continues to own it. So she's the one who for sure has something in this property. The Yavam might. We don't know. It's a Savik Nesuwa. It's questionable whether there's a relationship here between the brother-in-law and sister-in-law. So she is what we refer to as Vadai. She for sure has a claim to this property. He might. The brother-in-law might. So in Tavik Motimide Vadai, the fact that he might have a claim, that doesn't shouldn't take away from her uh, claim, which which we know that she has a has a real claim towards. And so therefore, the ratio of the first case, when she's alive, we will say that since she actually has... Uh, ownership of the actual property, it will all go to her. And that's what the first case says. Everyone is in agreement that it all goes to her. The second case, Seifa de Mesa. The second case is where uh, she died. So she now dies. 
And now that she dies, so the, the law is different. So now that she dies, well, now that she dies, so who inherits from her? Well, it depends. If we view the relationship that she has with her brother-in-law as a, as a real marriage, so then really her brother-in-law should inherit it. Uh, but if it's not viewed as a real marriage, so then her family should inherit it uh, after she passes away. Uh, so because we don't know, that's what we refer to as a suffix, we really don't know. So that's why Beishamai says, Yachloku, Beishamai says that we split it evenly between the Yavam, between the brother-in-law and her family. So according to Rabbah, the real difference between the first two cases is that everyone's in agreement that this is after a marriage. The first relationship was a marriage. But their entire disagreement is that when she's alive, she certainly has ownership of the property, so it all goes to her. Once she, once she passes away, so who inherits the land? Uh, so that really depends on the relationship that she has with her brother-in-law. So since we don't know, therefore Beis Shammai says to split it. However, Beis Hillel argues. Beis Hillel argues and says that no, even in that case, after, the, after she passes away, it still goes to her family. Uh, Rashi explains because this was something which she received as inheritance from her own family. So we should have it stay within the same family. Um, and so therefore, Basila is of the opinion that it should stay with her relatives because we know that, that those are relatives, so it should stay with her relatives. Uh, so that's answer number two. And then we'll see in the next recording the question uh, on this answer. Uh, but in the end of the day, uh, it was an important uh, first position to say that there's a difference be- in the relationship between the brother-in-law and sister-in-law uh, if the first marriage was an act- was was the relationship was a marriage or and th- or it would be different if the relationship was an engagement. So it's, that itself is an important distinction. Okay, we'll conclude here and continue in the next recording.